you out there doing your best to get on with life? Because, as you already know, it's what you make of your life that really counts. And sometimes having a few shortcuts to help you on your way can be very useful. The NLP Matters podcast might just be the toolbox you need to focus your attention, your effort, your drive onto what really does make the difference. Built on the foundation of neuro-linguistic programming, the NLP Matters podcast offers proven recipes you can use to create and sustain your life your way. G'day and welcome to the NLP Matters podcast. I'm Joe Clark, your host, and today's our first episode, and it's being recorded in March 2020. Now, as I promised you, the purpose of the NLP Matters podcast is for you to be able to use some really, really cool and powerful neuro-linguistic programming or NLP techniques and strategies in your life to support you in achieving the life you want to have and building your success. And the first one that I want to really focus on is a pretty simple model that really underpins a lot of human behavior. And it's called the be-do-have model. It's particularly important right now because what's happening in the world with coronavirus provides us with an excellent example of how human beings behave when they're under stress or when they're confronting a lot of uncertainty and perhaps feeling very, very fearful about what the future holds for them and the people they love and care about. In some ways, when people are confronting issues that they believe relate directly to their survival or their certainty in life, that this be-do-have model is really at the fore. On the one hand, You can see that people are uncertain about what they're going to have. They're not sure now if they're going to have good health. They're not sure if they're going to have a job. They're not sure if they're going to have their wage at the end of a week, for example. So there's a whole lot of uncertainty confronting them. And in the face of that uncertainty, what happens is they start to do things that are perhaps a bit erratic. Now, if you look at the social media pages, you can see that in different countries, people's responses are totally different. So, for example, in Australia, for some rather strange and bizarre reason, everybody suddenly started buying and stockpiling toilet paper. I'm not quite sure how toilet paper became the most essential grocery item to be purchased. But very, very early on in the announcement that coronavirus had been located in Australia, there was a mad, crazy rush on at supermarkets with people even fighting each other to get large quantities of toilet paper and stockpile it. In other countries, for example, in America, there were queues and queues of people at gun shops. I'm not sure whether they believed they would need to shoot the virus or (laughs) perhaps it was something more like 
protecting themselves against virus-laden people who might come near them and uh, infect them. But for some reason or other, purchasing of weapons was kind of like a symbol of having some control in the face of great uncertainty for the American people. In Italy, people were quarantined at home quite quickly. The spread of the disease in Italy was very quick and the death rate has been quite high. So the people who are quarantined at home have taken to connecting with each other by coming out onto their balconies and singing or playing instruments or flashing lights as a way of staying connected with their local communities and feeling as if they're sharing the experience together. So different countries are responding in different ways. They're doing different things in the face of being uncertain about how it's going to turn out. In other words, what they'll end up having. And the final thing is looking at who are the people actually being in the face of this heightened uncertainty. Now, clearly some people are being very generous and very concerned for their community and there's messages being pinned up in apartment buildings, for example, in Italy, where some young people have put up signs saying to their older neighbours and residents in the building, if you need us to go and do your shopping so you don't have to go out and be exposed to a virus or something, then we'll do that. And similarly, you'll see people posting on social media pages offering support to people who are self-isolated and how can we help you? Will we deliver food? In Ireland, there was an example of a local pub that said they would deliver free meals to elderly clients free of charge for the duration of the self-isolation period. So these people are being very generous and being leaders in a way, whilst other people are being afraid and being quite self-focused, really bunkered down in survival mode and feeling threatened by other people around them not sure who has the disease and who doesn't and what risk they pose to them. So we can really see how the be-do-have model plays out in the face of uncertainty about what you're going to have. Usually with NLP, what we focus on is deciding the outcome we want to achieve. So we begin by deciding what it is we actually do want to have. Now, clearly, when the world's operating as it normally does, without the threat of a virus infesting itself around the world, people do set goals and they aim for those goals. They set outcomes they want to achieve. And the more clearly they set those outcomes, the greater their chance of actually achieving them. Then they start to think, what do I need to do? What's the actions and the steps I need to take in order to achieve those outcomes? And finally, who do I need to be so that I will take those steps and actions to achieve the outcome? And when we think about the be-do-have model from that frame of reference, we really can't get better examples of it than young children because they are a total manifestation of be-do-have at work. I spend a lot of time watching my young 
grandson Killian, who's two and a bit, learning and growing at the moment. And one of the things I notice about Killian is, first of all, he's very clear about the outcome he wants to have. If he wants to be able to walk or talk or draw, he's very, very clear that he wants to be able to do it himself. In fact, he says, I'll do it myself (laughs) quite often. And then with that outcome in mind, he sets about doing whatever he needs to do in order to achieve it. So what are the steps he needs to take? Part of that is he brings an insatiable curiosity. So he's very closely watching the people around him. How are they doing it? And he's modeling from them, imitating what they're doing so that he gets to achieve the results. But perhaps the most amazing thing that young children bring into what they're doing and the outcomes they want to have is an absolute steely determination. All of us know what it's like if we stand in the way of a two-year-old and the outcome they want to have. (laughs) They're definitely going to let us know that we're an obstacle to their achievement. Children bring that insatiable curiosity and that steely determination and an attitude of just absolute perseverance. It doesn't matter how many times they try and fail, try and fail, try and fail. They just keep going and going and going until they master it. Just think, for example, of them learning to walk. How many times do they fall over? We don't see children fall over and say, oh, well, this is too hard. I'm going to give up on this walking thing. No, they persist and persist. That's the natural learning model that human beings have. At some point later in our life, when we get a bit concerned about what other people think or whether we can do it good enough or whether we belong or fit in, we compromise on that steely determination and that perseverance. We almost want to know how to do things before we even start. Part of what NLP brings us with the Be Do Have model is the opportunity to reconnect with that absolute determination to be who we need to be, do what needs to be done, so that we do get to have the results that we've decided we're going to have. And I think at this time on the planet, when everybody is facing so much uncertainty, it is a very good time to reflect on who do you want to be Who are you being as a person in the face of this uncertainty? Because ultimately, who you're being is what will determine the outcome you get to have. So stay awesome, and I look forward to connecting with you in the next episode, where we'll focus a bit more on defining the having part of the Be Do Have model. Thanks. Wow, thanks for showing up and listening in. We would love to hear from you. Send your thoughts, ideas or questions via email to joanne at destinypursuit.com.au. Now it's time to take today's recipe out into your own life. Notice the differences that show up as you apply it. We'd love to hear how you are progressing with your new approach.